Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have already secured their network data. Join them at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Last night, I visited Oxford University in Great Britain. My wife had some hesitance about me visiting the UK at all, given safety concerns. After all, on Saturday, some 100,000 people marched in support of Hamas. Anti-Semitic hate crime is apparently up 1,350% in London over the last few weeks. Imams shout in Nottingham, oh Muslim, here is a Jew behind me, kill him. But we felt that it was important, particularly at a time when the West seems unsure of its moral qualifications to condemn absolute evil in the form of Hamas, to go to Oxford. After all, Oxford is a thousand-year-old institution, one of the chief intellectual lights of the West. If we in the West lose Oxford, it's a good indicator the West as a whole is in trouble. Well, I'm here to report the West is in trouble. The university itself is gorgeous. It's a monument to the greatness of mankind. The architecture is magnificent. The history speaks from the walls, from Churchill to C.S. Lewis, from 1096 to 1945. But the institution itself has been honeycombed with people who are in full support of Islamic terrorism. My opening remarks last night focused on the West's shyness about its own values, its failure to recognize that not everybody thinks like Westerners do, and the consequent importation of people who believe that the West is actually deeply evil. Those remarks were borne out in the actual event, when student after student approached the microphone to offer a bevy of morally obfuscatory arguments in support of Hamas. The most common was the clearly specious and horrible argument that Hamas burning babies alive in their cribs, raping their mothers, shooting them, and torturing fathers was somehow morally equivalent to the Israeli Defense Forces targeting terrorists while attempting to minimize civilian casualties. When pressed, however, student after student admitted the real goal, the destruction of the state of Israel entirely. The rest of it was all just hot air. Here's just one example of an exchange I had with a young Muslim woman. Obviously, she was Muslim. She was wearing hijab for those who can't see the clip. Here it is. Attempting to kill terrorists and civilian casualties are a cost of war. That is just a reality of life. During World War II, there were 70,000 Brits who died during the blitz bombing. And there were 2 million Germans who died, civilians, who died during World War II. And I don't see a lot of monuments in Britain because of the 2 million civilians who died in Germany. The costs of war are brutal. They're terrible. They're horrifying. There's a vast difference in moral scope between deliberately going into a civilian area and murdering everyone you can find and trying to kill a terrorist who is deliberately hiding beneath a civilian area, hiding the rockets in civilian areas, starving their own people. And there is a vast difference. Okay, so let me, now I can test my question if you don't mind. So my question is, do you believe that there is a moral difference between Hamas going into, for example, Far Aza and murdering entire families and Israel attempting to target terrorists and accidentally hitting civilians? Israel is effectively doing the same because Gaza is the most densely populated region in the world. There are 15,000 people per square mile. So does Hamas get immunity because they're there? So Hamas gets immunity. Israel has killed 3,500 children in the past. So just to be clear, your logic is that if you're a terrorist group located in a densely populated community and you hide behind civilians, you're never new. Where are the children meant to go? So you're me. Okay, that's why I was going to mention it. Okay, your logic is that you're not sorry. sorry, since 2005, 23 out of every 24 conflict deaths have been Palestinian. I don't see any moral equivalency there. It's clearly unjust what the IDF has been doing to the Palestinians because there's a vast disparity between the number of Palestinians being killed and the number of Israelis. I mean, I would certainly hope that Israel is going more. died in Brits in World War II, did that mean that British, the British were wrong in World War II? Because they did. Many more Germans died than Brits. Based on the numbers, does that mean that Britain was wrong in World War II? Britain was wrong in World War II. 
wasn't for me, civilian. Civilian. point out here that just for the sake of the fact, there is a state in the Middle East where Jews and non-Jews have equal rights. That'd be the state of Israel, where 20% of the population is Arab Muslim. Also, there are zero Jews living in the Gaza Strip, zero Jews living in the Palestinian areas of the West Bank, zero Jews living in Lebanon, zero Jews living in Jordan, zero Jews living in Saudi Arabia, zero Jews living in Egypt, zero Jews living in Syria. But, you know, Israel is the problem. But points for honesty. I mean, at least she just says the thing. The state of Israel should be destroyed. And here's the thing. Student after student said this. This was not a rarity. Literally student after student just admitted full scale that Israel should not exist. To put it mildly, the experience was somewhat discomforting. It's not all that easy emotionally to stand across from student after student calling for the extermination of Jews between the river and the sea. My literal friends and family. At modern universities, it is now considered erasure to mention that men and women are different but it's considered perfectly acceptable to openly justify and excuse the murder of innocent Jewish men, women, and children. Radicalized Muslim students in the most important Western institutions feel no qualms whatsoever about calling for the obliteration of the Jewish state. Anti-Semitism runs rife in these halls, obviously. And what's even more disturbing is the tolerance with which it is met. There is little or no pushback. There's certainly no feeling that such Jew hatred is out of bounds. And that's why the West is in trouble. As I said last night, in 1933, the Oxford Union Society infamously voted 275 to 153 for the proposition, quote, this house will under no circumstances fight for its king and country. That pathetic statement, which became known as the so-called Oxford Oath, gave aid and comfort to the enemies of the West. It reportedly led both Hitler and Mussolini to the conclusion that the British were internally weak and thus pray for aggression. The modern version of the Oxford Oath is what we see today in the West. The belief that the values of king and country aren't worth defending in the face of a muscular form of Islam that seeks the total obliteration of its enemies. In just one second, we'll get to the fact that the media and many of our politicians are parroting the exact same line. First, I want to talk to you about The Daily Wire's most trusted privacy partner and premier sponsor of this show, ExpressVPN. Have you heard the fine print that appears when you start browsing in incognito mode? It says your activity might still be visible to your employer, your school, or your internet service provider. To really stop people from seeing the sites you visit, you need to do what I do and use ExpressVPN. Think about all the times you've used Wi-Fi at a coffee shop, hotel, even at your parents' house. Without ExpressVPN, every site you visit could be logged by the admin of that network. 
That's still true even when you're in incognito mode. What's more, your home internet provider can also see and record your browsing data. In the United States, they're legally allowed to sell that data to advertisers. ExpressVPN is an app that encrypts all your network data and reroutes it through a network of secure servers so your private online activity stays just that, private. ExpressVPN works on all your devices. It is super easy to use. The app literally has one button. You tap it to connect. Your browsing activity is secure from prying eyes. So stop letting strangers invade your online privacy. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben today. Use my link at three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben. Again, expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, when we say something is free, it should mean, you know, free, like no strings attached, no hidden costs, no fine print to decipher. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last. So the rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks monthly for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. Pure Talk saves the average family almost a thousand bucks a year. Plus, with Pure Talk, you know you're spending your hard-earned money with a company that aligns with your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make that switch today. Head on over to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch on over to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk myself for several years at this point. I can tell you the coverage is excellent. Go check them out right now. PureTalk.com slash Shapiro. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, let's be real. French fries, they're the only good vegetable. But unfortunately, they're not healthy. They're bad for you. Well, balance of nature, fruits and veggies are the most convenient way to get whole food ingredients every day, like the actual vegetables that they count toward you know, what you should be eating. Balance of Nature uses an advanced cold vacuum process that encapsulates fruits and veggies into whole food supplements without sacrificing those natural antioxidants. The capsules are completely void of additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. The only thing in Balance of Nature's fruit and veggie capsules are, you know, like the fruits and the veggies. Right now, my listeners can get 35% off their first order and they'll also get a free fiber and spice supplement. Balance of Nature's fiber and spice supplement is a revolutionary fiber drink with a unique blend of 12 spices and whole foods. I'm flying pretty much constantly for the last few months. Gotta tell you, I really rely on balance of nature. There's never been an easier way to make sure you're getting your daily dose of fruits and veggies. Experience balance of nature for yourself today. Go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Shapiro for 35% off your first order as a preferred customer. Plus, get a free bottle of fiber and spice. That's balanceofnature.com, promo code Shapiro for 35% off that first preferred order. Plus, that free bottle of fiber and spice. So, If Oxford is in trouble because the values of the West are being shunted off to the side in favor of a version of radical Islam that calls for the extermination of Israel, the rest of the world is following suit with its moral equivalents. Amidst Israel's attempts to rear Hamas from the Gaza Strip, Hamas is now receiving a helping hand from the international community and the legacy media. While Hamas sits on vast stockpiles of water, food, and medicine, the international community and legacy media are placing responsibility for Gaza's civilian population on, wait for it, Israel. According to no less an anti-Israel authority than the New York Times this weekend, quote, as supplies of virtually every basic human necessity dwindle in Gaza, one group in the besieged enclave remains well stocked, Hamas. Hamas has hundreds of thousands of gallons of fuel for vehicles and rockets, caches of ammunition, explosives, materials to make more, stockpiles of food, water, and medicine, according to senior officials. A senior Lebanese official said Hamas, which is estimated to number between 35 and 40,000 people, had enough stocked away to keep fighting for three to four months without any resupply. With Gazans facing a humanitarian catastrophe, Hamas's stockpiles raise questions, says the New York Times, about what responsibility, if any, it has to the civilian population. Ah, there it is, that fabled New York Times objectivity. Hamas steals billions of dollars from its citizens to fund its war machine. And that, quote, raises questions 
about what responsibility, if any, it has to the civilian population. Now, imagine that sentence in like any other context. Is there any question the United States government has a responsibility for its civilian population? That's literally the purpose of a government or say Israel's government. But being a genocidal Jew-hating terrorist means you don't have to take responsibility for the civilians you supposedly govern. You might not have any responsibility for those citizens at all. In fact, Gaza hospitals right now are complaining about a lack of fuel. But Hamas currently has 260,000 gallons of gas and diesel on hand. But no matter, say, the members of the West, the people at the UN, Hamas has no responsibility, which is why Hamas's friends are able to lament the plight of civilians in Gaza after having funded their impoverishment and the current conflict created by Hamas. Aid dollars deployed to Gaza over the past 20 years have been embezzled by Hamas and used for its murderous plans. But now the international community and legacy media say it's up to Israel to make humanitarian provision for Gaza's civilians. This is, of course, disingenuous. Zero of the countries that voted in favor of a UN resolution pushing a ceasefire have offered to take in any Gazan civilians. None have called for Hamas to surrender to Israel so far, which would end the conflict immediately. No, they say Israel has to stop its attempts to destroy Hamas. The innocents are suffering. This is the height of cynicism, this argument. It's on par with the old saw about the man who kills his parents and then throws himself on the mercy of the court because he's an orphan. Hamas started this conflict. Hamas is the governing body in the Gaza Strip. Hamas has chief responsibility for the health and welfare of Gazan Palestinian Arab civilians. And they do not care at all, like at all about those citizens. In fact, they want those citizens to die. They say so openly. They say that their civilians are the responsibility of the people they just murdered en masse. Here is Hamas official Musa Abu Marzouk just yesterday. He says many people are asking, this is the interviewer, since you have built 500 kilometers of tunnels, why haven't you built bomb shelters where civilians can hide during bombardments? And he says we have built the tunnels because we have no other way of protecting ourselves from being targeted and killed. Those tunnels are meant to protect us from the airplanes. We are fighting from inside the tunnels. Everybody knows that 75% of the people in the Gaza Strip are refugees. And it is the responsibility of the United Nations to protect them. According to the Geneva Conventions, it is the responsibility of the occupation to provide them with all the services as long as they are under occupation. So you get that. By the way, the Gazan government is Hamas. They literally elected them. They provide public services. But according to this, it is amazing to hear members of an actual honest-to-God genocidal terrorist group citing the Geneva Conventions in their own defense. Truly amazing. But here's the math, apparently. If a population elects a terrorist leadership, that terrorist leadership consolidates its control by wiping out its political rivals, that terrorist leadership steals billions of dollars in aid and impoverishes its own citizens in the process, and then the terrorist leadership murders 1,500 Jews and kidnaps another 233 people, then so long as the terrorist leadership hides in tunnels underneath civilian populations, the terrorists have to be left alone. This is insanity, total insanity. It is insanity no other country on earth would be expected to weather or be concerned about. Not the United States, not the UK, not France, not Germany, no one. There cannot and should not be a ceasefire until Hamas surrenders. This is very simple. Anyone in the world calling for a ceasefire, but not calling on Hamas to surrender? In fact, those who are calling for a lengthening of the conflict by shipping in more resources for Hamas to steal cannot pretend to care about human life, either Israeli or Palestinian. There's a reason that both Hamas and the United Nations, again, one of the worst places on earth, are calling for a ceasefire. It has nothing to do with human rights and everything to do with stopping Israel from protecting its own citizens, the mass murder of whom created this conflict in the first place. In just one second, we'll get to, again, the 
insane calls for a ceasefire in the face of Hamas's continued barbarity. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for years. So I got to be honest with you, not sleeping amazing on the road. Helix Sleep is the thing that allows me to sleep well when I am at home because they have a mattress they made just for me. It is firm, but breathable, which is what I need when I sleep. If it's too soft to get back pain, if it's not breathable, I tend to heat up at night. Helix made a mattress just for me. They can do the exact same thing for you. And now they have their newest, most high-end collection, the Helix Elite. Helix Elite harnesses years of extensive mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. That Helix Elite collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash men to check out the new collection today. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz and I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash men. Take that two-minute sleep quiz. Find the perfect mattress for your body type and sleep type. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. With Helix, better sleep starts right now. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, we all know the first thing we do when we get home from work is change out of those work clothes and get into the comfortable loungewear. Well, luckily for me, I have Tommy John because as I slip into something more comfortable, my Tommy John loungewear set, I'm immediately enveloped in a cocoon of supreme softness and unparalleled comfort. Not only is their loungewear cozy enough to use as sleepwear, it's stylish enough to wear for a quick stroll to the park with my kids, and you won't look like you just rolled out of bed, even if you may have done just that. Tommy John uses luxuriously soft tri-blend fabrics with flexible four-way stretch. Plus, their fabric is non-pilling, meaning it doesn't leave behind lint balls or fuzz. And guys, you might be wondering how they can get any better. Good news. Their underwear, amazing. I mean, I've been using them for years, literally throughout all my other pairs of underwear. Incredibly durable. Their fabric moves with you. It's just great stuff. Plus, Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee protects your most valuable asset. So shop Tommy John. Get 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. Save 20% for a limited time at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. That's TommyJohn.com slash Ben. See site for details. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, you may have noticed we're experiencing a ton of global instability as primary season continues. How are you protecting your family in the midst of all of this chaos and nonsense? The fact is, there is one asset that has withstood famine, war, political, and economic upheaval, dating all the way back to biblical times. That, of course, would be gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out, balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Smart investors diversify. And when you look at the pace of inflation over the past several years, you can see financial instability is the new way of the world. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898 and talk to my friends over at Birch Gold. Okay, so... Yesterday, you know, as, as the rest of the world calls for a ceasefire with Hamas, which again is insane, there was a ceasefire with Hamas, we should note. It was established in like June of this year. And then it was broken by 2,000 Hamas terrorists rushing into civilian areas and murdering everyone they saw. There was a report yesterday that came out from Hamas body cam footage that Hamas literally took a baby and put the baby in the oven and then baked the baby alive while raping the mother repeatedly. This is from Hamas body cam footage. And yet people are still calling for a ceasefire and pretending that because Hamas is hiding in a highly dense civilian area, that means that they are now immune from attack. The logic of which, by the way, completely defeats the purpose of having rules of war. It completely defeats it. If the idea of the rules of war is to minimize civilian casualties, 
then those rules of war have to dissuade people from doing precisely what Hamas is doing. Hamas is using the rules of war to uh, to apply to everyone else and not itself, which seems like an amazing way of fomenting terrorism. The entire purpose of the Geneva Conventions was to get people who were participating in violent action into military uniforms so they could be separated from the civilian population. Hamas is doing precisely the reverse and then relying on the Geneva Conventions, supposedly, which, of course, is absolute nonsense. Again, we all know that their headquarters are located under Al-Shifa Hospital. They are located under a hospital. Now, for PR reasons, Israel will not bomb that hospital, I would imagine. But if they did bomb the hospital, let's be perfectly clear, that is a military site, according to the Red Cross. Once you transform a civilian site into a military site, it is a military site. You cannot claim immunity at a site simply because you choose to violate the laws of war. Otherwise, what you're doing is incentivizing people to violate the laws of war. That's the entire purpose of them violating the laws of war. I mean, by the way, this is directly from the Red Cross quote. The laws of war prohibit direct attacks on civilian objects like schools. They also prohibit direct attacks against hospitals and medical staff, which are specifically protected under international human rights law. That said, a hospital or school may become a legitimate military target if it contributes to specific military operations of the enemy and if its destruction offers a definite military advantage for the attacking side. If there is any doubt, they cannot be attacked. Hospitals only lose their protection in certain circumstances. For example, if a hospital is being used as a base from which to launch an attack, as a weapons depot, or to hide healthy soldiers and fighters. That's according to the Red Cross. But again, the idea here is that Hamas is going to hide behind, behind Geneva Conventions while barbarically slaughtering civilians. So you remember, there's a woman named Shani Luke. This is a horrifying story, obviously. Shani Luke, you'll remember, her body was broken. She was, she was murdered. Her body was clearly broken. The first day of the conflict, you could see the first day of the terror attack, you could see tape of her broken body essentially being stripped and thrown onto the back of a truck in Gaza. And we're talking broken body, like contorted in ways that no living human being would be contorted. And Hamas apologists then claimed that she was alive and being given medical treatment in the Gaza Strip. That was clearly a lie at the time. Well, now it's been confirmed that she's dead, of course. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz lamented the terrible news that she had died. He said, this shows the full barbarity behind the Hamas attack. Who must be held accountable? This is terror and Israel has the right to defend itself. Well, I mean, that's true which is why it's absolutely absurd that Germany voted to abstain from a UN resolution concerning a quote-unquote ceasefire. Meanwhile, Hamas continues to hold hostages. They're effectively holding guns to, not effectively, they're probably literally holding guns to the head of people on tape and then releasing hostage videos and getting those hostages, if they hope to preserve their lives and presumably not be repeatedly raped by Hamas terrorists, to, uh, to rip on the Israeli government as a piece of propaganda. Here is, again, all these people would not be hostages if Hamas just surrendered and released them, which Hamas will not do, obviously. Here is some of the hostage footage. He said, Bibi Netanyahu, hello. We have been detained for 23 days and there should have been a ceasefire. I promised to release us, but instead we are still in captivity. Your position means you want to kill us. Yeah, this is propaganda put out by Hamas, a people that they presumably they have raped and kidnapped. There was no one there to protect us. The army wasn't there to protect us. Again, this is a propaganda video put out. We don't have to play the whole thing. Propaganda video put out by Hamas of people that they have presumably raped, kidnapped, tortured. This is what they do. And yet the rest of the world is still trying to draw a moral equivalence because, again, it's not about the moral equivalence. It's not about the moral equivalence. It's about the underlying position, which is the state of Israel is fundamentally illegitimate and that anything done to people in this area is apparently excusable and justifiable.
That is the underlying logic to this entire thing. Now, in a miraculous event yesterday, very rare that you get a piece of good news in a situation like this. Israeli tanks went into Gaza yesterday, and in the process of going into Gaza, they actually ended up freeing one of the hostages, which is pretty amazing. And you have to assume in this position that the that the hostages are effectively dead because Hamas has no interest in releasing them. If they wanted to, they could just release them. But yesterday, one of the hostages was, in fact, retaken by Israeli forces, which is an amazing achievement of the IDF. According to Sky News, the soldiers rescued during a ground operation was announced by the IDF earlier on Monday. The IDF and Shin Bet say the Israelis will continue to make every effort to bring about the release of the abductees. She was reunited with her family. The ground operation, of course, is what is allowing hostages to possibly be rescued in the first place. So a call for a ceasefire without release of hostages is a call for their continued captivity, obviously. In just one second, we'll get to the insane media coverage of this conflict, which, again, is aid and support to Hamas. There's just no question about it. First, the Ben Shapiro Show is supported by Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university with a vibrant campus in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, that's ranked top 20 in the country, according to Niche.com. GCU is a missional, Christ-centered university that strives to foster a culture of community, giving, and impact. GCU's goal is to help you develop into a servant leader who makes a difference through finding your purpose. With 330 academic programs, over 270 online as of June 2023, GCU integrates the free market system with a welcoming Christian worldview into your bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree. You'll have support from your own university counselor who takes a personalized approach to helping you achieve your goals. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University Private Christian Affordable. Visit gcu.edu today. Okay, so... The media doing their best to stand with Hamas. It's pretty incredible. The Yale Daily News yesterday, for example, actually issued a correction on an October 25th piece. There's a piece by a woman named Sahar Tartak who had written in favor of Israeli civilians. And in her piece, she claimed correctly that Hamas raped women and beheaded men. Well, Hamas raped women and beheaded men. Yale then printed a correction slash retraction, quote, this column has been edited to remove unsubstantiated claims that Hamas raped women and beheaded men. That's the Yale Daily News. The atrocities, of course, were not unsubstantiated. That's absurd. The Twitter editor is a person named Anika Seth, who apparently thinks that um, the reports of Hamas rape and murder are unsubstantiated. Not only are they not unsubstantiated, they're substantiated by actual video footage taken by Hamas terrorists. But the goal of the media is to establish a moral, a moral equivalence. That is the entire goal of the media in this conflict, because if they can establish a moral equivalence, it allows this conflict to continue and puts Israel in existential danger. Make no mistake, they, how, many, how many media pieces were written in World War II? And that's the closest comp. I'm not just using World War II because it's a matter with which people are passably knowledgeable. I'm using World War II because it is the closest comp. Hamas has the exact same goal as the Nazis, and they pursue strategies that are absolutely similar to those of the Nazis when it comes to the Jews. There is no other real comp. There really isn't. What are you going to compare the Hamas to Viet Cong? Like there, there's, there's no actual real comparison on a moral level except for the Nazis. But the media have swiveled full into moral equivalence mode. And so they went directly from Jews getting slaughtered is, is bad to Palestinian civilians who are dying as a result of Israel targeting terrorists is the same thing. Which, by the way, again, just to point this out, Israel has complete air superiority in the Gaza Strip. If Israel wished to do what its detractors say that it wants to do, we would not be talking about a few thousand people dead, tragically. We would be talking about hundreds of thousands of people dead. 
like in Syria, where no one seems to give a shit. It's pretty incredible that Israel is targeted as a human rights abuser on par with Hamas. But again, it's a disingenuous argument, just as you saw in that debate with that student at Oxford University. That's not the argument at all. They don't care about human rights. The entire argument is Israel does not have a right to defend itself because Israel does not have a right to exist. That's what this is about. And that is why the Washington Post is now printing piece after piece about the situation in Gaza. Yes, the situation in Gaza is ugly. But if all you focus on in Gaza is the fact that it's ugly in Gaza without mentioning anywhere that it is Hamas's fault that it's ugly and that the governing party in that conflict could surrender tomorrow and end the bombing tomorrow, then all you are doing is providing justification for Hamas. All you are doing is preventing Hamas from being ousted. So piece after piece now about the cost, the, the costs of war, the costs of war. Now, again, you don't see this in virtually any other conflict covered by the legacy media. You don't see it at all. You don't see, for example, pieces about the great suffering of the Russian people thanks to the destruction of their economy, thanks to the Ukraine war. You don't see that ever, right? Ever. You never hear piece about the cost on the ground in Russia from, from the war. Certainly not without the context of Vladimir Putin started the war by invading Ukraine. But when it comes to the Gaza Strip, then we are treated to all of the images of the suffering on the ground. Well, it's important that people are suffering, but it's important mainly because the pressure should be on Hamas to stop the suffering by surrendering today. But that's not what the media are doing. The media are attempting to draw a moral equation between babies being slaughtered in Kibbutz Beri and civilians being killed because they're sitting atop terror tunnels and being forced to stay there. Hamas is literally blocking roads. Hamas is killing people attempting to escape. But the media are doing their best. So, for example, the Washington Post has an article today called, quote, a wasteland of rubbish and debris. It's a piece by a person named Atef Abu Saif, and it's called I'm Still Alive. Gaza is no longer Gaza. Atef Abu Saif is the author of six novels and since 2019 has been the minister of culture for the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank. Okay, so at this point, I should point out that the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank pays actual honest to God Terror stipends. If you are a terrorist and you kill a Jew, the Palestinian Authority will pay your family $10,000. And the Washington Post, without any context, puts this person's opinion of the terrible situation in Gaza in its newspaper. Again, it's just removed from all context because that's the point. That's the point. The idea for the media is you contextualize the murder of civilians, the absolute targeted murder of civilians in Israel. That requires the context of the entire Israeli Arab history, usually falsified. And what does not require any context is the suffering in Gaza at all. Quote, I walked to Al-Shifa Hospital to read the names. Lists of the dead are pinned up daily outside a makeshift morgue. I could barely approach the building. Thousands of Gazans had made the hospital their home. Its gardens, its hallways, every empty space or spare corner had a family in it. I gave up and headed toward Hatems. Okay, now, I, again, I, I, I've searched for the word Hamas in this piece. It does not exist. The word Hamas, they're the governing party. They're the government of the Gaza Strip. There's not a single mention of them. Meanwhile, a video at the Washington Post. These are journalists in Gaza saying, please try to share our voices. Please share our voices. Now, here's the thing. Why do you think that journalists are dying in Gaza? Could it be because if you're a journalist in Gaza, you are literally dictated to by Hamas? Hamas does not allow freedom of movement in, in the Gaza Strip. And this is why you see CNN reporters who are not in the Gaza Strip. They're on the outskirts of the Gaza Strip. You have freedom of movement in Israel. You have, you have hundreds of reporters in Israel on the ground right now drinking in bars in Tel Aviv and then going and covering the conflict wherever they want inside the state of Israel. If you report from inside the Gaza Strip, you're under the control of Hamas. But now you have journalists 
And many of them are just activists posing as journalists. Some of them are freelancers who, who are big fans of Hitler, as we'll get to in just one second. You have a lot of these people who are now reporting the, the, the horrors that are in Gaza. I'm sure it's a horrible situation inside Gaza. That is, in fact, the point of a war is to make a horrible situation for your enemy, not for the enemy civilians. But if the civilians are indistinguishable because the terrorists refuse to allow them to be distinguished, that is the fault of the terrorists. But again, the Washington Post strips away all context. And so we just get videos of journalists talking about the plight of journalists in the Gaza Strip. Or again, there is no freedom of speech in the Gaza Strip. They cannot print freely in the Gaza Strip. If you print anti-Hamas material in the Gaza Strip, they will kill you. They will kill you. But we're supposed to believe that the great threat to journalists is, of course, Israel in general. So here's the Washington Post doing this nonsense. It says hospitals and the bombing of churches, mosques, women, children, ambulances. All have been targeted, as well as journalists in the homes of journalists. Okay, that is a lie. I'm sorry, that's a lie. The idea that Israel is targeting ambulances is a lie. There is no evidence to back this. And the Washington Post just puts that up without any doubt, without any sort of, of attempt to even fact check that sort of stuff. I mean, it really is an, an amazing demonstration of the disgusting bias of the media. By the way, this particular lady, who apparently has no posts on Twitter, or anywhere else prior to the outbreak of Israel's retaliation against Hamas, she does sign letters like the Palestine Solidarity Open Letter for the GSA Students Association calling for full divestment from the state of Israel and blaming everything on Israel. Without any So again, the, the, the idea that she's some sort of objective journalist just chronicling what's going on in Gaza. Lots of suffering is going on in Gaza. But why we should trust a person like this activist to talk about Israel, quote unquote, targeting ambulances beyond. But the Washington Post just prints this stuff uncritically because this is exactly what they do. This is literally what they do. And it's not just that. It's the New York Times. They put out a video called War Through the Eyes of Gaza's Children. Now, again, war anywhere through the eyes of children is horrifying, of course. I mean, naturally, war is a horrifying thing. It is horrifying and evil and terrible war in and of itself. But what a greater evil is, is allowing terrorists to govern entire territories from which they create mass terror attacks against civilians. But the times, the whole idea is present tons of context when it comes to actual terrorism, context that justifies the terrorism. When it comes to destroying terrorism, remove all context and pretend that's actual terrorism. So that's what the New York Times is doing here. Is a young child saying they bombed our houses and destroyed them. The windows fell. So we got scared and came here. They called my uncle and told us to evacuate. Oh, wait, they called and told you to evacuate? Well, I mean, that's something that Hamas doesn't do. We found a car full of garbage. And we rode it here. Yes, war is war is horrible. Also, I'm just going to point out that even these student, uh, even these, these young kids are admitting that Israel calls and tells them to evacuate first. You know what Hamas doesn't do? That, you know, Hamas doesn't do take any responsibility for its own civilian population. This is a ginned up campaign by the legacy media and people who wish to destroy the state of Israel to pretend that Israel is the moral equivalent of Hamas and thus to come to some sort of ceasefire arrangement allowing Hamas to live. Leading in that department is the idiotic Thomas Friedman, who, uh, again, I'm, I'm never going to get over the fact that there are people who actively believe that Thomas Friedman and his ilk are intellectual. Thomas Friedman has the brains of a kumquat. That dude's entire job consists of going around to foreign countries and listening to taxi drivers, transcribing what they say, if it's self-flattering, and then printing it. And yet that guy is the foreign policy expert at the New York Times. We'll get to more on this in a second. First, 
You may have noticed we do things very differently here at The Daily Wire. We have a lot of the top news podcasts in the world. We launched a chocolate company overnight. We launched an entire children's brand. Well, it takes a lot of very specific people with very specific skill sets to make Daily Wire what it is. How do we find and hire those people? With ZipRecruiter, that's how. ZipRecruiter makes your whole hiring process faster and easier. Their powerful technology works for you to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. ZipRecruiter saves you time by letting you easily invite your top candidates to apply to your job, so they're more likely to apply sooner. ZipRecruiter is trusted by millions of people. In fact, over 3.8 million businesses trust ZipRecruiter with their hiring needs. Make a positive impact on your hiring future by using ZipRecruiter the same way that we do. We have tons of great employees here at DailyWare. Many of them came from ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within day one. Head on over to ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. Try ZipRecruiter for free. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. Go check them out right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. And you can try them out for free. Also, Halloween is here. But it's not too late to get your Jeremy's Chocolate. Jeremy's Chocolate is going to make your Halloween a lot more fun because you deserve a treat for dealing with all the woke around you, which is why for Halloween, we are giving you 30% off Jeremy's Chocolate. That means our famous he, him with nuts and she, her nutless are 30% off. Get yours in full size or our shareable microaggression size. Perfect for giving out to friends, family, and neighbors. Time is running out. Today is your last chance to get 30% off your Jeremy's Chocolate. Head on over to jeremyschocolate.com today. Okay, meanwhile, we're gonna get to more from the New York Times' Thomas Friedman. First, I gotta just mention here that the New York Times is so little concerned about actual morality that they legitimately hire like people who are fans of Hitler. Like that, that is a, there, there's a Hitler loving reporter in Gaza who was literally rehired by the New York Times, literally rehired by the New York Times. And that's not the only person who the New York Times is happy to hire. Barry Weiss points out a few days ago, the paper published a story about the atmosphere in Saudi Arabia after the October 7th massacre. And they quoted a person named Sultan Alamer, a grad student in Harvard Center for Mideast Studies. Alamer is presented as an expert by the New York Times. But, um, he also tweeted, literally the day of October 7th, quote, what a sweet day. That is a person quoted as a foreign policy expert by the New York Times. In 2021, the New York Times pl- published a flattering profile of a professor named Rafat al praising him for his decision to teach Israeli poets. They also published an op-ed by this person. Well, um, yesterday, he joked about whether or not an Israeli baby burned alive in an oven was, quote, cooked with or without baking powder. The New York Times is a garbage heap. It's been a garbage heap for, for decades at this point. And Thomas Friedman is, of course, the leading light of the New York Times and, and their garbage heap. So he has another piece. He had another piece talking about how really what Israel should do here is nothing. Because after all, it would, it would really ruin their moral suasion if Jews were to defend themselves instead of just dying. I've noticed that all the people who are very upset at Israel morally, they're perfectly happy with Jews dying. They just don't like it when Jews actually defend themselves. That's uncomfortable. So Thomas Friedman has a piece titled, The Israeli Officials I Speak With Tell Me They Know Two Things For Sure. He says, I'm watching the Israel-Hamas war and thinking about one of the world leaders I've most admired, Man Mohan Singh. He was India's prime minister in late November 2008 when 10 Pakistani jihadist militants from Lashkar-e-Taiba group, widely believed to be linked to Pakistan's military intelligence, infiltrated India and killed more than 160 people in Mumbai. What was Singh's military response to India's September 11th? He did nothing. Singh never retaliated militarily against the nation of Pakistan or Lashkar camps in Pakistan. It was a remarkable act of restraint. So he is now calling for Israel to do nothing. Now, I've noticed a few things. One, Israel is a very small state. India is gigantic. Two, India is bordered by a nuclear power called Pakistan. And if India were to retaliate in significant fashion against the Pakistani military, World War III would be imminent, whereas Israel is bordered by Hamas, which is a terrorist group which is hiding in tunnels. 
But what exactly is Thomas Friedman asking for from this? So first of all, he attempts to actively compare Bibi Netanyahu, the elected prime minister of the state of Israel, to Hamas. He actively attempts to do that because he says that Bibi wasn't purely in favor of the two-state solution. Now, by the way, I cannot emphasize enough the insane blindness of talking about a two-state solution less than a month, less than a month after 1,500 Jews were murdered by one of the groups governing in the Palestinian era as Hamas, who, by the way, have the same exact goals as the Palestinian Authority and Islamic Jihad, who are the other governing powers. I mean, this is crazy. That's like after Pearl Harbor, people going like, well, really isn't, the real problem is that the United States has not made peace with Germany. Like, really, that's that's the real problem. If, if, if the United States had only been more forthcoming with Germany, then this Pearl Harbor thing never would have happened. And that's the real solution here. That's not the way any of this works. But here is how insane Thomas Friedman is. Quote, a pause could allow the people of Gaza to take stock of what Hamas's attacks on Israel have done to their lives, families, homes, and businesses. What exactly did Hamas think it would accomplish with this war for the people of Gaza, thousands of whom were traveling to work in Israel every day or exporting agricultural products and other goods across the Gaza-Israel border just a few weeks ago? Hamas has gotten way too much understanding and not enough hard questions from the people of Gaza. Oh, you noticed. Oh, you noticed. By the way, when he talks about the people who had work permits, many of the people who had work permits into Israel were informers for Hamas. They found on the bodies of the dead Hamas terrorists maps of each of these Moshavim in the Gaza envelope, these towns in the Gaza envelope, it listed the exact locations of the houses, the number of inhabitants of the houses, how many men, women, and children were in each house. That was because there were people who were being let through by Israel to bolster the economy of the Gaza Strip, and they were immediately taking the information they gained. Information like how many children are in a house and handing it over to Hamas so Hamas could slaughter them. So there's that. But Thomas Friedman's idea here, this is a big idea. His big idea is that if Israel just stops, then Hamas will come out of its tunnels and then the people of Gaza will hold them accountable, which makes perfect sense since for 20 years they've not held them accountable and they elected them. And in the last available poll, Hamas is pretty popular in both the Gaza Strip and in Judea and Samaria, the West Bank. But here is Thomas Friedman's moronic idea because, again, this dude has, I'm not sure he has two neurons to rub together. Quote, I want to see Hamas's leaders come out from their tunnels under hospitals and look their people and the world's media in the eye and tell everyone why they thought it was such a great idea to mutilate and kidnap Israeli children and grandmothers and trigger this terrible blowback on their children and grandmothers of their Gaza neighbors, not to mention their own. Oh, that moral suasion. Slow clap for Thomas Friedman. Again, when I say, back to the Oxford point, when I say Westerners do not understand people who are non-Western, this is what I mean. The ultimate arrogance of people like Thomas Friedman thinking, man, if only we could just tut-tut, if they would just read my column, wouldn't those people in Hamas, man, they'd feel bad. Man, they'd feel bad. And the people of Gaza, probably they'll just yell at Hamas when Hamas comes out of those tunnels. That's probably the, the likely effect. Or maybe that won't happen. And maybe Gaza, if it were left in the control of Hamas, would turn into even more of a terror state and would incentivize Hezbollah to attack from the north because Israel would then be perceived as weak. But this is what the New York Times is. This is what our media are. They need the moral equivalence because if there is one premise that drives the Western media more than any other is that the West is not morally superior. That is the premise that drives the Western media. It drives the Western left. It leads to the, the imbibing from the Marxist playbook and the post-colonialist playbook that all inequality of outcome is attributable to Western evils, that all bad things happening on earth are attributable to the evils of the West and therefore the West needs to simply pretend that everyone else thinks like members of the West. And if Hamas, if we could just sit across the table from Hamas and explain to them how much the children of Gaza are suffering, they don't care. They literally go on RT, on Russian today, on, on Russian TV, and they literally say, we do not care about Palestinian civilians. And Thomas Friedman's like, well, if only we could show them some suffering Palestinian civilians. My God, these people, these people, 
and the evil that they provide for. Because when you make excuses for evil, when you justify evil, when you give free reign to evil, evil thrives. And you are complicit in that, Thomas Friedman. Even Joe Biden is angry at the New York Times coverage. According to a report from Semaphore, Biden, quote, told a small group of Wall Street executives in the White House's Roosevelt Room early last week, he thought that their headline regarding the Gaza hospital bombing that was actually committed by the Palestinian Islamic Jihad was irresponsible and could have triggered military escalation in the Middle East. Well, he's right. He is correct. By the way, you know what the media are doing now? This is truly incredible. The media are now, the Washington Post did this, they're they're using aerial photos of the Gaza Strip to try to identify specifically in real time the movement of Israeli troops and then blast that out on the web. That's what they're doing. It's totally, I mean, the media are cover for the terrorists. They are their air cover. They are their air cover. By the way, this has been true for anti-American groups since pretty much the end of World War II. The Viet Cong relied extremely heavily on the American media to help persuade the American people that they ought to surrender the country of Vietnam to the Viet Cong. That was, they, they knew they could count on the legacy media to do their dirty work and nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. The media are just trash. They are absolute sheer trash. The only thing comparable to the media in terms of, of being trash would be places in China, which are actively promoting this. China, by the way, has obviously taken the side of the terrorists. There is a, there is a Google map comp called Baidu Maps. Baidu Maps is in China. They've literally removed Israel as a country on the map. They list cities, but they got rid of the label for Israel. They normally bold capital cities, not Tel Aviv, not Jerusalem. So China is obviously taking sides. That's not a shock. Russia is taking sides. Russia literally met with the leadership of Hamas. But then we're supposed to believe in international institutions like the UN, where, by the way, Iran is set to chair the 2023 UN Human Rights Council Social Forum. Yeah, we should definitely, definitely listen to them. Well, if you're wondering where so much of the support on university campuses in the United States is coming from for Hamas, for example, you really do have to understand the intersectional movement and what exactly it is doing. Believe it or not, Ibram X. Kendi has finally emerged from his silence, you know, after allegedly embezzling money from his entire program and and doing nothing with, with the money to actually, you know, do anything he said he was going to do. Ibram X. Kendi is back. He literally had nothing to say, Ibram X. Kendi, about the murder of civilians in Israel. Nothing. But he has now released a statement, a, a statement that is that is put in beautiful graphic form, quote, according to the Gaza based Ministry of Health, which the U.N. considers credible. Israeli airstrikes have killed at least 7000 Palestinians in Gaza, including 2913 children since October 7th. This is not self-defense. Building a border wall around Gaza and confining more than two million Palestinians in this open air prison is not self-defense. By the way, you know what we usually call a place? that is governed by a governing authority that receives billions of dollars in aid from America and other places and had six miles of beachfront property. We usually don't call that an open-air prison unless the people who are governing the territory decide to make it so, which is what Hamas has decided to do. He says, laying siege to Gaza is not self-defense. Violently seizing Palestinian land is not self-defense. These are crimes against humanity, just as Hamas killing more than 1,400 people in Israel and abducting 200 others on October 7th was a crime against humanity. Ah, the perfect moral equivalence. Where is this coming from? Why does Ibn Mexicani care about this? Because to be anti-racist is to care about humanity. It's the same coalition of the oppressed nonsense that you constantly hear from the international left. And it's not curable. It's not curable, that perspective. Because once you are part of the oppressor class, you are always a member of the the oppressor class. This is made clear by a professor named Yaba Blay in the last 48 hours. So she was appearing on a show, this Yaba Blay character, who is apparently a relatively famous author. And, uh, and here is what she explained about reparations. Oh, or let me say something else. Right. 
let me say something else. Because again, I told you, I'm an independent people's worker. I'm happy that your people want to give me their money and they want to support me. I'll take it. Thank you. Thank you. Trust me. Thank you. But at the same time, when we start talking about intersectionality, which is white supremacy, which is gender, which is capitalism, Americans, White people, I need you to know that your money will not assuage you from your guilt. You cannot pay your way out of this. There aren't enough reparations in the world that you can pay us. And so you think because you write a check or you slide me something in Venmo that you're absolved and you can tell somebody, well, I gave Dr. Blay $100. I'm not racist. Dr. Blay is going to spend your $100 and still tell you that you're racist. Right. So she'll take the money and she'll spend it. And then she'll call you a racist. I love the white lady laughing on top as this lady says. So is there a curative? The answer is there is no curative. You're a member of the oppressor class. Therefore, you and your ideology ought to be obliterated. Anybody who believes that decolonization is an anti-violence effort has not been watching very closely. By the way, Yaba Blay has taught at the following faculties, Lehigh University, Lafayette College, and Drexel University, where she was the director of the Africana Studies Program. This is the perspective that you are seeing play out at our universities. It's the perspective that you're seeing play out internationally as well. You wonder why the West has decided to basically commit suicide. The answer is the West does not have the stones to stand up for its own values and say that people who are effectively cultural scavengers, people who who live off the benefits of the West while condemning the West as a horrible, terrible place that ought to be destroyed, the West doesn't have the power or the capacity morally to say to those people, you're wrong, you're wrong. Why don't you be a useful person for a change? And so the West is uh, in serious trouble. Well, I, I, I do want to end with a bit of humor here. And, and thankfully, that bit of humor has been provided by Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. So Gavin Newsom decided for some unspecified reason to travel to China, where he decided to play basketball with, uh, with some Chinese kids. It didn't go amazing. It was, it was, not, it was not great. Uh, I, I will admit that I am a fan of politicians basically obliterating small children in sport. He's not the only one who's done this. Boris Johnson, pretty famously, obliterated some kids while playing rugby. But here is, uh, here is Gavin Newsom obliterating a Chinese child. And uh, man, is this awkward. So he tries to spin the ball. Fail. He tries to spin the ball again. Fail. He goes behind his back. He tries to do a spin move on one of these kids. And then he loses balance and bam, destroys this kid. And then he has to play it off like it's fun. And he's grabbing this kid and smacking this kid on the back, hugging the kid. As though they're best friends, this kid is like, what the? It's like, what is happening? Why is this old white man wearing suit pants and a suit shirt on top of me, holding me? Like, this is, this is a weird experience. Is this what all Americans are like? No, folks, this is not what all Americans are like. Uh, Gavin Newsom, that's a weird way to do outreach, man. All right, you guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be getting into the mailbag. If you're not a member, become a member. Use Coach Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us.